there's so many things wrong with this this story. <laughs> Well, Anthony got up to take a call, and then you disappeared. I was like, oh, they've left in shame. (laughs) As you should have. I mean, we got through the stream. I'm still mad at dude rolling that 20, popping up, and then destroying us with one HP. Nuking you guys? Yeah. I'm still very upset about that one. I was so sick. I was like, are you serious? The plan was, you say, to force Cage right from the beginning, and that didn't happen? Right. Force Cage from the beginning. No, 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 no. <laughs> Can't force Cage from the beginning. It's got a casting range and she wasn't in it. What's the casting range on it? 60? It was like 60 foot. So, but like how long did you guys plan beforehand that you had like a clear game plan going into it? Not not much. Force Cage's range is 100 feet. Is it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She still wasn't in it. Mm, that's, that's the whole board almost. Is it? See, <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Gimme Dilute podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast whose team couldn't perform any worse than they did in last year's charity tournament. My name's Turner, I'll be your dungeon master and host of pre, mid, and post-show announcements, and boy do I sure do a lot of talking in this episode. Season 2, episode 14, the guys arrive in Shaitan and make their way towards the corporate offices of the Mercantile Guild. And of course, with any new setting, there'd be some splaining and some dumping to do. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. We appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. And of course, an extra special thank you goes out to our patrons whose investment in the show and patience with our antics and shenanigans help us bring you bigger and better content. Hang out after the show to find out exactly what they get for supporting the Party of Five. As I might have hinted in the show's intro and in the actual opening stingers, we've got our charity tournament coming up. Gimme the belt. It is a day-long your god day long pvp stream between a number of podcasts and stream and the community that have agreed to come over and fight it out to win the 2023 title the accompanying championship belt and help fundraise for game to grow a non-profited organization that helps use dungeons and dragons and other role-playing games as a social outreach and a therapy tool for kids it's a fantastic cause. Uh, we'll dip into a little bit more info in the midstream break, but wanted to get that out there right off the top. And hey, speaking of kids, he said in a not creepy transition, just a reminder that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, violence, and gore. And hey, gang, a just a little bit of an extra disclaimer on this one. Uh, this starts the leg of the party's journey into Sama, a continent which is geographically modeled after South America. However, this is not intended to be a fantasy version of South America, nor is it meant to be representative of any one particular culture or group of cultures in South America. When mapping out the setting and encounter for this, I, I used inspiration from some of the lore that Anthony provided for Baba, some basic research, the Mwenge Expanse from Pathfinder, which is a terrific research resource, and then bits and pieces of chult. While most of our campaign setting strays pretty far from traditional Eurocentric fantasy, this area, Sama, is intended to stray even further, and we hope that you enjoy what we've created for this part of the setting. Also, 
For our American listeners, Election Day is right around the corner, and despite a knack for exaggeration and hyperbole, I can assure you this is one of the most important elections in recent years. From secretaries of state who are election deniers to school board members who are campaigning on their right to discriminate against children, it is drastically important that everyone get out, participate, and vote. Will it solve all our problems? Maybe not. But if we don't do it, are we going to have a whole new terrifying set of problems to deal with? Bet your ass. Get out there, vote smart, and vote for the people that are going to ensure equality and bodily autonomy in this country. Your friends, your family members, Fuck, strangers you don't know but represent an important part of our culture and our society are depending upon you. It doesn't take much to be a better hero than one of the party of five. Now's the time. With that said, let's start the show. And we are back with the party of five. It's your boy Harlan. I play Todd the Tiefling, T to the O double D, favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter, BTE, Big Todd Energy, and MVT. Uh, most valuable tiefling. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, you guys know who I am. Most valuable. I'm sorry. That most valuable Todd. Most valuable Todd works also, but so does Big Todd Energy. MVT, yeah. MVT, either way. Uh, I unfortunately fucking like it. God damn it. All right. <laughs> as long as he knows he can't be the MVP. That's because that's that's called bureaucracy. It's bureaucracy. <laughs> All right, Trump. Mm. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> It's a conspiracy. <laughs> They're coming after me. That's the greatest witch hunt ever. <laughs> so, is it me? <laughs> yep. I just wasn't sure if Todd was done. I'm never really sure. No, it's it's a, it's an yeah. understandable confusion. It is. It's a valid concern. Yeah, definitely. This is Andrew. I play Moyle Mossberg. A can of swamp oil a day to get your engine revving. Mossberg Petroleum. By Mossberg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jamie. I play Eldrin Thaneros. And uh, did you know that the diving bell spider spends the majority of its life underwater? It uses it uses an air bubble to trap the air around its abdomen to breathe underwater as needed. And it also can make an underwater home with a bunch of bubbles that it grabs from the surface and it spends all its time down there. Yep. Spider facts. So you're saying it, it breathes out its ass? Is that why it's got to put its air bubble there? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It does. Yeah. Spiders breathe out their butts. I think that's probably a more interesting way to frame it. But yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. They're butt breathers. Speaking of things, breathing through their asses. Hey, this is Jazz. I play Fate. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> 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 self burn <laughs> hold on let me just punch myself in the nuts real quick all right intro ready <laughs> no this is jazz i'm playing fate the um fire flinging uh finger weaving wizard that's all i got you weave fingers yeah, um i nope. i'm confused what the intent is i'm like what is the, okay so we've got um the, the, the somatic spell components all right yeah I, i'm just i just give middle fingers when i do my spells hellish rebuke Fuck. yeah Fuck. <laughs> yeah i like to yeah i like to imagine you have jazz fingers jazz hands jazz fingers it's like in a uh, little big trouble in little china little just jazz fingers bits of sparks of electricity come out of those <laughs> those thumbnails pop locking every single time he's the <laughs> release the <a> spell <laughs> <laughs> and i am anthony and i play baba Tunde. All right, so we start off with our guys having leveled up on their voyage from Normir to Sama, encountering a mutant giant eldritch anglerfish slash aboleth and its acolytes, 
a encounter in the Gozerian Shoals with a legally distinct from One Piece crew based off of the scrolls that Baba never read as a kid because you can skip so many of them. Why would he even bother? And then, you know, some other stuff that was going to be in there, but was, you know, comfort time. Uh, <laughs> someday we'll get back to it. Maybe that's getting filed away for campaign two, which uh, probably spelled Jamer. Let's just be honest. I'm fucking putting you guys on a spaceship as soon as I possibly can. Oh, God. It finally arrived in the capital city of, of Shaitan, home of the corporate office of the Duckies Guild and the X number insert different edit here of the Mercantile Guild houses. As you uh, roll into the bay, uh, it's you know it's this broad sweeping expanse. The docks are just abuzz with activity as shipping vessels are pulling into Shaitan with raw goods uh, procured by the Merchant Guild from lands to the north and from afar all around. Uh, there is a fuel tanker carrying uh, a Mossberg brand swamp gas. There's a, a, a logging vessel just loaded to bear with timber from the the Canyon Forest. Several standard shipping containers that more are likely containing other ore from the Rodalar Mountains and and from beyond uh, and just all kinds of commercial commercial activity intermingled into that are the occasional passenger ship that seem to be offloading, not like tourists. They more seem to be migrant workers almost. There, there's these ships that are, are coming in and there's these groups of uh, kind of confused people that are kind of shuffling out and being greeted by uh, uh, mercantile guild employees that you can see from a distance uh, are wearing the very sharp corporate suits with the duckies logo emblazoned on the front of it. They seem to be greeting them, uh, doing some kind of orientation, and then kind of shuffling them to the left and to the right, very Ellis Islandy. And you can just see a, a just a, a massive array of different types of warforged. Probably one in five people that you see moving around the uh, moving around the docks are warforged, and they, they don't look like what you're used to. I mean, certainly they don't look like Moyle, who is unique in his and unique in every way. He's Moyle, but you know there is a more of a standard look and form and function to the warforged that you typically see in Normir especially the ones that you see in um, Orlin, where the Seat of Nations is, where uh, there's a good concentration of them. Uh, they all tend to be a little bit more militantly oriented, a little bit more like they were created for a war in the past, thus uh, where their name comes from. The ones you guys are spotting in the docks seem almost a little bit more specialized. Like there's a big hulking one that almost looks like a power loader from aliens picking up crates off one of the shipping containers and, and, and carrying it inside. There's one that has these really super long fingers that are scooping up fish out of uh, another hold and, and transporting it over to a, this large square cart that's being pulled by one with extremely, extremely stout legs. Another one that seems to be darting about more quickly than possible, handing, uh, handing off messages to and fro. So a, a little bit more of a, a specialized function and a broader array of Warforged that, than you're used to. A couple of things, that you, other things that you can spot out as you get a little bit closer. The city definitely rivals the greater cities of the north that you've seen for its size and complexity. I mean, Taliesin is Taliesin. There's no place else like it anywhere in the world. Um, you know, it's got its own massive uh, subterranean area underneath and, and floating citadels and casinos, extra-dimensional wizard districts, Asatar, uh, for all manner of craziness in Taliesin. Toba had almost a quaint feel to it, equally broad, uh, stepping down from the, the cliffside in these tiered, quaint, almost cozy. It was just this broad, cozy, welcoming city. But still, you could tell that there was money. You could tell that it was the seat of power for a nation. 
Those are the two really biggest cities that you've been to. Even the, the Dragonborn Hold, which was massive in its scale and scope. I mean, one, you went to it and it was completely wild and crazy the first time around as the bronzes were celebrating the Feast of Bahumat. But even when you came back that second time, it was transformed almost to this giant towering inside mall and, ins and inside condos. Even it had its own unique look to it. This is something different. This is a coastal city that has been built up and expanded year after year after year exponentially so in the last 10 years. You can see the city's original districts are these stucco buildings that have these tall crenellated rooftops that have these breezeways and rooftop gardens. It's humid here. You guys are getting pretty close to the southern hemisphere of Arnosia. So the, the humidity is much higher being a coastal city and just the heat in general. There's just as you first kind of step out, it's not quite the oppressive swamp heat of the fins. There's definitely a fresher breeze to it, um, but you can see where all that moisture comes from that collects into that turns the the jungles uh, and the forest of the northwest into rainforests where Toba was tiered and had these almost pastel colored roadhouses. Shaitan, as you first experience it, is just a brighter swirl of colors and patterns intermingled with these stark metal corporate edifices. There are a number of high-rises, very similar to uh, some of the corporate high-rises you've seen in Taliesin that are just these gleaming towers that jut up out of the city, completely clashing with its overall appearance. But then the other portions of the city are these riotous color of browns and golds and yellows and oranges with the occasional flash of green mixed in these dazzling patterns in the canopies. Jewel tones would probably be the more, more appropriate description of the color palette. In addition to the Warforged, you can see a broad array of, of different people all dressed in kind of loose, you know, kind of sarong wraps, kind of more loose-fitting blousey clothing to accommodate the, the hotter weather. And you, know, you can definitely tell that there are a number of species which you're, you're not necessarily familiar with. You can see people what appear to be a couple of giant spiders roaming down one of the streets, which nobody seems to even react to, that they're a spider. What appears to be a almost a sentient swarm of some kind seems to be moving through the streets, but it's not like a, a mass of insects. It's almost like a moving termite hill, not, not a golem. It's definitely a living creature. And then just a broad array of dark-skinned halflings, deeply tanned wood elves, a slightly paler Kalishtar. You don't see a ton of Kalishtar, but there's a few of them wandering around from time to time. And Baba, give me a quick history check. Oh, wow. He knows everything there is to know about history. <laughs> that was a crit. All right. When it comes to history, he knows it. How do you spell Shaitan? X-A-I apostrophe T-I-N. Shaitan, you know, has eight merchant houses, which jockey for position to be in charge of the mercantile guild. You know, one of them is in fact a Kalishtar, um, and that's why you see there is a slightly higher population of Kalishtar actually in the city. They flock to her a little bit as she um, has a little bit of a, a social media presence. Basically, she is a the, the fantasy equivalent of an influencer. Mm. That's what you can identify, Baba, and it clicks to you that those eight metal towers uh, standing up through the city are the corporate version of a dragonborn hold. They are the individual business offices for each one of the mercantile 
style barons called robber barons by everybody else that run the city. You didn't spend a ton of time in Shaitan your first time through. It is very easy to find yourself in debt and beholden to the Mercantile Guild if you're not careful while you're there. So you tended to rush through a little bit. And that actually played into why you ended up getting on a boat that may have not had the wherewithal to pilot the slipstream around the Godspire as as accurately as they should. So you guys are, are, are pulling into the city. It just has a different look, a different tone. I mean, let's be honest. Geographically, this is patterned after South America, but it's not a South American culture. It's not meant to pattern after South America. But it, you know, it's definitely a different, a different spread of people, a different organization. And, and look, there's a lot of a broader range of cultures and environments in Sama than there are necessarily in Normir. Sama is 100% pure fantasy, just geographically in South America. It is definitely more tropical uh, and it's definitely darker from the expanse of the jungles and the things that you can get into down there. Uh, but then also the people in general, you know what I mean? A little, little bit more melanin on the shores of Sama than you're going to find in, in Normir. Damn it, he beat me to it. So anyway, on that note, you guys break off from the flow of ships moving into the port and angle your way towards what is clearly a more private section of the docks. The boats shift from being these trade vessels or not military ships. The Mercantile Guild has its privateers dock further down the coast, so it's not as transparent that they have uh, they have naval raiders. You start to see what is clearly the pleasure craft of the wealthy. Mm-hmm. There are eight spectacular gleaming yachts in this portion of the bay, which is separated by a, a giant carved partition that rises up out of the bay and then is worked in these intricate patterns that are all different ducky and different poses to create this sight and sound barrier that keeps the reality of the workaday world away from the wealthy portion of the marina. Not mariner, marina. <laughs> so you guys play and there you know there's there's not just the eight yachts there's a number of smaller boats but very pointedly none of the other yachts or pleasure craft come anywhere close to the size and opulence of the vehicles which are uh, clearly belong to the the eight robber barons the colossal slides into a berth which has her names on it and man segnezel ushers you guys off down the gangplank moyle is there anything you want to say to uh the colossal to gargantua before you leave when I get off the boat, I uh, spray on my soil glow to my hair. You got you to gotta sing it. I can't, I can't hit that. That's a high note I can't hit. I step off the, off the ship, and as soon as I see land, I have to feel like a new man after all that hot, sweaty ship sex. It's time to freshen up and become all I want to be. Beautiful, sexy, psh, soil glow. Makes my warforged hair drip with sex. Bate's going to tell Spooky Leo bye. Spooky Leo is uh, walking alongside you and he looks up and he goes, oh, g- goodbye, Fate. <laughs> what? Where are you going? And he, he reaches out and tries to take Baba's hand while he's walking down the gangplank. <laughs> Baba, where's Fate going? Well, I, I assumed that we were leaving you here with the ship, uh, Leo. What? <laughs> yeah. That- no, I'm not. I'm not staying on the ship. Oh, oh. Did I, was I on the ship when you got on the ship? Uh, yes, yes, you were. Remember, we got on the ship and you greeted us. No, I wasn't. Do you remember the episode, the one that Turner's editing right now, where clearly Spooky Leo shows up onto the ship after you guys are on because the storm priests are assigned to individual crafts when they go out to the ocean? No. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. No. I. Uh, this is a job for Spooky Leo. Uh, no, Fate. I don't. I don't live on the boat, man. 
No, I just assumed that you had found a new uh, new vessel to stay with and uh, bless as it traveled. Um, forgive my misunderstanding. Spooky League, was that the first vessel you was on that wasn't struck by lightning or anything like that? Well, maybe if the dinosaur island hadn't been cut for time, this one would have been struck by lightning too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I was on this boat. But, you know, then we fucked around for long enough and God thought it would be a cool idea to have you guys fight the One Piece crew because you won't shut up the fuck enough about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the blimp we were just on didn't get struck by lightning either. Did that get struck by lightning and I missed it? I'm pretty sure it did, didn't it? Yeah, I thought it did. It was definitely a storm. Maybe it didn't. I'm glad I'm not the only one who doesn't remember anything about our podcast. <laughs> 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 Dude, was, I'm pretty there was definitely a storm and somebody hung out the window and there was a lightning strike I remember there's no fucking lightning in that episode there was not a single bit of lightning in that episode I think that he is gaslighting us uh, <laughs> you're referring to Todd getting electrocuted <laughs> yeah Todd got Todd sprung a trap Todd got electrocuted a bunch you're right you're right you're right <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah maybe that's it that tra- traps, traps galore <laughs> Where would you go from here, Spooky Leo? I'm sorry, Baba, what was that? Where do you go from here? Where do we... Right right over there! And he points to a corner of the dock that has two or three other Stormlord priests uh, standing around in their uh, their, their uh, mariner outfits that, with the uh, Thunderbird feathers. Uh, and they glance over when they hear Spooky Leo's voice and they kind of pull their hats down and start talking to each other like, oh, fuck, it's that guy. <laughs> He's out of his loincloth thong combo that he wore for the, the back half of the journey mm. uh, and back in his full-blown tiny little Pope outfit um, as he's holding her hand walking down the boat. Mm. You would think he would still stay in it. It's, it's I'm telling you what? Kind of breezy. Keeps everything nice and warm. Todd is a, uh, is a little hot in his outfit right now. <laughs> Inapropes, Todd. Inapropes. The ocean is where you let it drop and feel the motion. Um, I don't know. No, it's not. Spooky Leo's got to wear his vestments when he's on land. Uh, no, I'm just going to go right over there, guys. Um, it was good seeing you again. I probably won't see you again unless the patrons talk about how much they want to fuck me. So um, I, I, uh, I'm going to go over there and get assigned to another boat. And then, you know, maybe if the Storm Lord demands it, we will cross paths again. So this is goodbye. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. So Goodbye, Spooky Leo. And he walks off. <laughs> Chad's got a whole spiel when he says bye. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's like, I'm leaving you on the boat. And Spooky like, what the fuck? I'm walking right now. I'm leaving. <laughs> He's got his bag full of fucking bongs with him. He's walking down the gangplank. Bye, Fate. B- bye, Leo. Bye. Bye. Mr. Spooks, as he likes to be called. Huh? <laughs> Mr. Spooks. That's, I don't know if I want to call him that. <laughs> Man, Segnes will uh, scoot you guys down and get you off the boat. Uh, at the end of the dock, there is a very sharp-dressed woman, dark, dark green hair pulled back into an incredibly severe ponytail, um, extremely professional and somewhat deadly-looking pantsuit, standing there tapping a pen up against the rim of a clipboard, just what you assume is a hard stare through these mirrored shades. To the left and right behind her are two 10 foot tall. You don't see any weapons, but armed to the teeth is the vibe that they throw off Warforged that uh, resemble the, the kind of the brutes that you saw at the Corp Mercantile Guild office in Nashtow. Not the same lady, not the same ones, but this definitely feels like... That's what I was about to ask. 
<laughs> I was exactly about to ask that. <laughs> Not every professional woman is the same woman. There, there's, there's more than one woman in business, gentlemen. Come on, get with it. This is true, but all, all the things you described <laughs> seem like the same description. <laughs> Very similar appearance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a uniform. And, you know, as you say that, perception checks, gang, real quick. <laughs> oh, no. A nine, uh, which was a nat one for me. Uh, a nine? <laughs> yeah, I rolled a nine as well. I got a crit. Hey. Oh, you said perception. Why did I roll persuasion? Sorry. I rolled 11. Well, it was eight. It was worse. <laughs> You nat one it, man. So if you have a zero to perception, you rolled a one. That was the on persuasion. Well, guess what? Yeah, you rolled a one. No, no. You still rolled the one. Oh, <laughs> yo, oh, I see what you're saying. You're taking the one. Yeah, it's a one. I'm taking your plus eight away from that. So you nat one. So Todd, you know, very quickly tries to hide his eyes just so nobody sees him tearing up at Spooky Leo's departure. <laughs> uh, so he is he's completely clueless as to what is going on. Moyle, you are very used to, one, being in new surroundings from being on the riverboat, two, being in situations where you got... Oh, oh, there's the man, there's the, like, like having to have a, your head on a swivel for authority figures so you can do the opposite of what they want you to do. And as you're scanning around, you notice a couple of quick patterns in, in the crowd. Yeah, there's the Warforged, but now as you zero in on this woman and the outfit that she's wearing, you can cast your eyes across the, the crowd and the, the hustle and bustle. And you can see just as similarly to that there are a ton of Warforged that make up about, you know, a third of the uh, of the people or, you know, one in 20%, whatever I said, the number of people moving through. The other constant through line throughout this bustle of the dock are people wearing very similar outfits to this woman. Pantsuits, sharp, extremely well-pressed, mirrored shades. They're rocking a, a pretty hardcore movie FBI agent vibe. But instead of black suits, they all have a dark green tint to them, just on the, the the darker side of hunter green. These professionals are all dressed relatively the same way, and they're the ones that seem to be directing the Warforged, directing the traffic on the dock, moving people into the orientation center as they come in as migrant workers into the area. So clearly this is a almost a standard uniform for mercantile guild employees and I don't want to say enforcers, but authority figures throughout the city. And they, they make up almost an equal amount of people as the Warforged. And since you nat 20'd it, I will also give you the fact that you pick up that they aren't the same species as everybody else. You weren't sure if you noticed it on the lady in Nashtal, but this woman, it's not just her suit that's green. She's got a slight pale green cast to her skin. As you stare at it, it's, it almost looks like her skin has a little bit of a glint to it. And then you realize it's she's scaled, not scaled like a dragonborn, but more scaled like a snake. And as you're scanning that crowd, you start to pick up those other reptilian elements throughout these other corporate officers you realize that they are all, in fact, Yanti. That every single mercantile guild employee that you see on the street moving around in these authorities' position and directing uh, drafting traffic in all these ways are, in fact, Yanti and are the only Yanti that you see. You don't see anybody off-duty moving around that has any of the myriad of reptilian features that are attributed to, to being Yanti. She greets you guys as you walk off come down the dock, clicking her pen against the top of her clipboard. And are you Babatunde Agu, party of five? Yes, that is that is us. We are the Agu party. Oh, you mean dinner reservations? Very cool. Is this lunch? Okay. Is it lunch yet? Is it lunch? <laughs> well, we, are we eating? Mm. Yes, let's do that. You know, I, it's- I'm starving. It's my job to get you- uh, signed in to the city, get you your our breakfast lanyards with your badges. Sir, we stop serving breakfast at 10 a.m. It is it is well into midday. 
Um, you're gonna have to get up a little bit earlier if you. So there's no there's no 24 hour breakfast here. 10 a.m. There's no 24 hour breakfast here. I was told it was 11. No all day breakfasts. Oh my god. What is going on in this place? <sighs> what type of establishment doesn't serve breakfast all day? Oh my god. Mr. Agu, would you keep your people online, please? If you each would take one of these, this is your lanyard, which represents your association with Mr. Agu and has your badge on the back of it, which will get you into your residences while you're in town being vetted. Uh, and then uh, will also serve as your, your corporate credit card for your expense account while you're in town. Uh, we've loaded it up. We've preloaded it with some duckies ducats so that you are uh, free to move about the city and do a little bit of shopping if you would care. The At the behest of the Mercantile Guild, duckies ducats are accepted at every fine establishment in town and gives you a discount. If you try and pay in gold or any of that foreign currency we're not so crazy about here, then things cost uh, almost twice as much. But Ducky's Duckets, uh, you can get you can get everything for regular, oh, well, 95% regular. We, we, we give you quite the deal. Is it is it a credit card or is it like a gift card? It is. Uh, it's a lanyard. Like a cruise ship? Uh, yeah. Uh, having never been on a cruise, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is a three by six placard uh, made of laminated wood that has the Duckies logo, the Mercantile Guild slash Duckies logo etched onto the front of it. And when you flip it over, it has this weird runic pattern. Uh, and she points at that and she goes, yeah, that's your that's your Duckies, uh, Duckies code. You just wave that over uh, whatever payment station that you're at, and that'll deduct from your account. That's also your key to get into your rooms while we vet you and then uh well pretty much ev everything you need you just you wave that through there and we put it on your account and uh then we'll take care of you uh for, for what purpose are we being vetted well sir uh have, have you ever worked for the uh for the mercantile guild before whoa yeah i think we did did we actually do a job for them wasn't a lighthouse job yeah wasn't a lighthouse a job for them yeah we did yes yes we have independent contractors ah independent contractors have you ever been employed by the mercantile guild before as an actual salary or hourly employee no we have not i have not formed out a w-2 i've not i didn't fill out a w-2 i didn't realize i got a job <laughs> you're not working for us now sorry go ahead sir did the did the boats i worked on or any of those mercantile guild. Those are also independent contractors. The mercantile guild finds it's very useful to use independent contractors for most things. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of obligations that come uh, with, with an, an employee. Disposable. Uh-huh. I got it. Well, not disposable. We find that people like the flexibility of being contractors. Oh, Fluber. Hmm. You know, they get to make their own schedule. They can just, they can kind of come and go as they please. <laughs> Fluber. They don't have the same burdens and obligations as a oh, salaried employee might have. And sure, there might be a financial benefit or two for, for the Mercantile Guild. But but no, all of our, uh, unless it's a stilt dwarf uh, vessel, which as stakeholders in the guild, they have a uh, a little bit of a different arrangement. But uh, no, you would have been you would have been an independent contractor. Um, so, But my point is you're not being hired now. I just don't, since you've never worked for us before, we've never done a background check on you. And since the Verdant is a loose affiliation of tribes and city-states and just, you know, it's got such a cute thing going on up there, there's no central government to which you could have a state-issued ID. So the only way for us to verify your identity to know that you are, in fact, Baba Tunde Agu and entitled to all the legal rights there withstanding is for us to run a few magical rituals to verify who you are in your lineage. And then once that's verified, we'll send you on your way off into the verdant, happy as a clam to let you fight for the right to, you know, whatever the heck it is you guys do. To to party? Not party. So is this only for is this is this only for Baba or are you doing background checks on all of us? 
Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't sign up for that. As a potential landowner, Mr. Agu is the only one that we recognize as a person. Oh, the rest of you are you piece. <laughs> his employees, contractors, servants. Um, I, you know, that's that's right. Not really our business. That's that's not entirely inaccurate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Halfway through an episode that really scratches an itch for Dreekin, just because so action-packed. Hey gang, reminder, check out the team in their other projects. Links will be in the show notes below. We stream on Mondays now, didn't stream on Halloween, holiday schedule pending. We'll try and get that up on the calendar on Twitch. But we do some cool stuff. We talk to people in the community. We do some creative content where create NPCs. I stream the occasional old D&D game. Going to try and do a few more of those over the holiday season as the opportunity pops up. But some fun stuff, and it's a little bit different from our main podcast content. Some of that gets rebroadcast as a podcast. Some of it shows up in the Patreon feed later on. But if you're not a patron, the only way to guarantee that you're going to see it is it to hop on over to that stream and check it out. Monday, 7.30 Central Standard Time, twitch.tv forward slash gmdlcast. And hey, while you're headed over there to click follow, go ahead and swing by whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. Leave a review if you can. Use your words. Remember, we will read them out loud. If you don't want to be called out for giving us positive or negative feedback, use the word coefficient in the review. That's the safe word for the months of October and November. And hey, give us a follow on Twitter at GMDLCast. That's where we'll be posting all our live updates as we get closer to the Gimme to Belt event, where you're going to get to see some really cool people come in and fight for a really good cause and have some really cool guest DMs come in and judge. Tabletop Titties is coming back to defend their title. Blackness and Dragons will be there. Shrimp and Crits. Bard Rock. Agents of Damned, a lot of people that we've done previous collaborations with that have been told the game to come back and play around, working on some really cool DMs as well. Pretty sure Jeremy Cobb is going to be there. That guy never stops being generous with his time, which we really appreciate. So check it out. Cool. That'll do it for this week. Back to the show. Yeah, we've extended some some minor courtesies to you out of respect for the obligation that Mr. Agu could potentially inflict upon the Mercantile Guild. Um, so you know we're we're, we're happy to, to to I don't know let you stand in his shadow while he's in town again, assuming that you're you. But uh, but yeah, we just got to make sure before we you know potentially hand over the land rights to a incredibly profitable portion of this continent to uh, to somebody that uh, that they are who they say they are. Uh, I didn't catch your name, but was it? It's Puck. Puck Retwa. Like like the fairy from Hook? Who? Was that? Who? Is that it? Am I totally off base on that one? <laughs> you're, you're all. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Puck was real world. <laughs> That's what it was. Oh my god. Still you I'm still not Puck is on gargoyles. It's, I'm still not um is this your nub, Mr. Agu? 
He is, um, that would make a lot of sense. He's still learning, is he? Yeah, he, he, he's, he's rather new here. Okay. What, well, what is a nub? It's that thing where you're- To what direction is our rooms? Well, see, here's where you have your first interesting choice, Mr. Agub. Uh, there's the eight towers, which each belong to one of the mercantile guild trade prince and princesses. Uh, and, uh, and then that lower building that is exactly one story shorter than each one of their buildings, because we can't be taller than their buildings is the, the central corporate office of Duckies and the Orientation Center. We would like you to go there and just get a little bit of a, a, a presentation uh, about each one of the houses so you can pick which one you would like to have as your host while you're in town because each one of them are very interested in having you under their roof. Baba, uh, uh, this sounds like a time scheme, a timeshare scheme. Definitely sounds like a timeshare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how can it be a timeshare if we don't have to pay for anything? Mm, that's how they get you. That's true. She did say that. That's how they get you. She did say that she loaded up these cards with 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 money, right? Like with uh, duckies, ducks, duckies, ducats, duckies, ducats. Things aren't free. They they cost money here. Believe me. You just pay in duckies, ducats. Listen. But you gave us some, right? You you gave us some ducats. Is that? Oh, absolutely. Let's see. How how many ducats? Well, there's the your cards are initially loaded with about eight thousand ducats apiece. Oh, it should be more than enough to cover your entire stay over the next three days and give you a little bit of uh, time to have a little fun, if you know what I mean, right, fellas? Everybody enjoys a good night on the town on a corporate retreat. Get out there and really kind of soak up the nightlife uh, at downtown duckies, our on the park uh, entertainment venue, where you can have all kinds. Of fun. I know this place. I love downtown duckies. <laughs> we'll go and we'll have some cocktails. They have these margaritas as big as your head. Uh, and uh, then we'll get on the moving walkways after that. It's just such a hoot and such a good time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you guys uh, would go to the corporate office, you know, get a little bit of a tour, get introduced to the merchant guild houses, pick which one you want to stay at. Uh, then you can go bed down there for the night. And then, uh, you know, in the morning, you've actually got an appointment with Brace Yourself. Fate actually does brace himself on things. <laughs> It's not that serious fate. <laughs> Jas Andrews, the gnomish high priest of Sozeb, the god of agriculture, trade, and travel, CEO of the Mercantile Guild, current first among equals, has set you up for a meeting in the morning to talk about a potential cash-out opportunity that could save you the trouble of going all the way up to the mountain and having a big fight. <laughs> oh, no. No. oh, there it is. <laughs> but again, we understand. Last thing we want to do is step on your tradition. But uh, we, we, you know, we think it would. It's more than fair enough since we paid for your travel down here and, and made all kinds of arrangements that you at least hear us out. How long is this meeting supposed to last? Oh, uh, I don't know. Longer than five minutes, less than an hour. Mm. Is there going to be complimentary uh, coffee and and and? breakfast <laughs> absolutely let's go see what they have to offer because i am i'm growing impatient i want to get to uh get to my homeland it feels like they're gonna stall <laughs> <laughs> i've been through one of these before. yes <laughs> <laughs> of course mr tunde we have a vested interest in making sure that you have every opportunity to, to tussle it up in the shadow of that mountain for the rights to your lands and then if you would choose to continue the exclusionist and closed-minded policies of your, your your ancestors, you know, we and duckies believe in the, the free market economy and the free trade system. And we think that, you know, we could bring a lot to your communities in return for all the resources that you've got up there. But, but anyway, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself or or my coworkers. Let's, uh, Did anyone else see dollar signs appear in her eyes just now? I swear to God. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, they were falling off of her tongue. I think she got wet while she was talking about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Insight checks real quick. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I've actually been wet these four times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in your bubble, sir? Are you in your bubble? <laughs> Go to your happy place. <laughs> I have not cast my water bubble today. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, just wet kitty everywhere. Yeah, so mosey on to corporate building number one? or uh, Yeah, so she leans out and, and claps her hands, and you hear, and this two warforged carrying these long rickshaws run up behind, and she gets in one and waves for uh, you to get in with her bob up. And then as soon as anybody else tries to get into the rickshaw with her and Baba, she immediately shuts the door and points to the one behind her. Oh, what's wrong with this one? What's wrong? Whoa. Is there something wrong with this one? Why don't we get to go? This is for me and Mr. Agu. There's complimentary beverages in that one back there. You guys seem like the kind that- Sold. Fair enough. Yeah, there we go. I'm not a beverage guy. I'm still, I'm hungry and I haven't had my breakfast. I get, I get cranky. I think there are, I think there's bags of mini pretzels in there, young man. Mm-hmm. If you had biscottis, I'd be on it. But okay, I'll take the mini pretzels. <laughs> Mr. Agu, can we talk about how bougie some of your employees are? The biscottis <laughs> in this economy? <laughs> he's he's a, um, uh, what do you say? He, he hosts banquets. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. And she, now she leans out. He, he's a business owner then. And you see her kind of eyeing Todd a little bit differently. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know those ass. He's an entrepreneur, you say. Fascinating. <laughs> he says he bounty hunts too, but I've never seen him capture anyone. Oh. He's literally never hunted <laughs> anything in the months that we've been with him. Your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter. That's all you need to know. Wait. <laughs> So you guys, you hear a kind of a whir and the, these, the boop, 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 and they start carting you off. And it is, you know, they are nice rickshaws. It's like getting in the back of a limo where the shapes are set up in a U pattern. So in the one up front, she went and gotten the one that was facing back, gesturing you to sit in the facing forward one, Baba. And then as you guys crowd into the one in the back, because it, it definitely can fit the rest of the four of you. It creaks a little bit as Moyle gets in because he's a little bit heavier as a warforged. Are they attached? Or they just like single cars, like a train or like... No, they're like, so they're separate. It's two separate Warforged with these, with like the rickshaw poles underneath their arms. You can see some chains that run from the rickshaw that are latched into some clips that appear to be drilled into the back of the Warforged, providing an additional level of, I don't know, safety? Security? Does... We we can't be we can't be that much far away from from Mr. Mr. Baba. No, they they stay close enough. It's not they're not you guys are not going to get uh well, I, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. How far away can you be? Last I checked, 500 feet. Yeah. 500 feet? I thought, yeah, that's what I thought it was 500 feet. Yeah, it's no no problem for me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> because Mo Mo is the only one that has his pentahedron fixed up. <laughs> it's messed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's. <laughs> oh, man. Rub it in. You still get pulled along. You just don't influence the pull anymore. So you don't count towards the pull, but you're still just a subject to it. You're a little, just a little bit more centered. It's flopping around behind. So uh, you guys push, take off into the city, trundling along. Everybody give me another round of perception checks as we go. Can't do any worse than I did last time. Huh? Yeah. You could. You absolutely could. No, I can't. It was one. Not really. He's going to add one. <laughs> That's right. Mm, I know. Oh, oh, three. It wasn't worse. It wasn't worse. 25. 11. 
I got a 22. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, you did get a 22. Me and you both got 22s. Yeah. I also got a 22. We just, we twinsies. I'm not very perceptive, apparently. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> this is something we've always done. Uh. Uh, so, uh, Baba, as you're riding along, you've, what's Baba's reaction to one, being back home in Sama, and two, being back in Shaitan? Uh, he's excited about being in Sama, but like not crazy about Shaitan in particular. So, I mean, he's looking around. He knows it's dangerous. He knows how when he came through here last time so he's he's definitely looking around he's excited because he's close to home but he's not close enough (laughs) for him to build comfort there's definitely a familiarity that you're back on your home turf but you're in a hostile place everything about Shaitan that you've seen before and, and you start to pick up again as you travel through the city appears manufactured. It's Disney's idea of what, of a Pirates of the Caribbean set, basically. It looks like that manufactured, overly polished, this is what a Mediterranean coastal city should look like. And this is what a streetside cafe should look like. Just very engineered and manufactured in every way. Um, and, and more and more, you pick up on the people that have been there longer than others, people that are coming out of the processing center wearing their like a little duckies work vest on them a little bit, have a very bright and fresh look for them. Because at, at first glance, this looks like an amazing place to be. It is, there's just a incredibly energetic flow to the town. It does look really nice. And when you're first walking out of that processing center with all the opportunities and options of a, just the broad expanse of capitalism and a closed, uh, aggressive free market system on your plate, just if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, that gleam in their eyes. And then you can see the people that have been there a little bit longer, that have had to sweep up after a a night of corporate officers who've had one too many uh, head-sized margaritas and you're mopping and there's just that look of, oh my God, if I see one more asshole in a green suit, I am going to top myself. Then there is there is an equally weird vibe from the Warforged that don't seem resigned, but are very f- incredibly focused on their task at hand at whatever specialized task that they've been given. There is a mix of other natives that range from people who are, have that same undercurrent of wariness that you, that you can see arguing with the shopkeep that they're having to pay twice as much in gold versus some duckies ducats, but at the same time, not willing to fork over the exchange rate and be forced to buy, buy points. You know, there's definitely that vibe of, okay, well, you know, one gold is equal to 10 duckies ducats, but everything costs 12 duckies ducats maneuver. Wow. That you, you remember from last time. So then you have to buy 20 duckies ducats. And then, well, well, now wait a minute. Now I've got 20 duckies ducats and I've got eight duckies ducats left over. Now I'm kind of right back in the same boat. There's there's this predatory monetization, which uh, seems to draw people in. They don't let you reconvert your duckies to gold either, do they? You just got you just got eight duckies and nothing costs eight duckies. So you're just stuck with eight duckies. So you're telling me that they are also selling eight hot dogs in a pack, but 10 buns in the pack? <laughs> uh, y- yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're doing all the, sc- all the tricks. Yeah. All the scams. <laughs> Everything is ends with 99 cents. So uh, as Baba gets in the front Warforged limousine uh, and you guys get in the back Warforged limousine, my other party of fivers, what is your initial reaction as you trundle through the city? And they could have easily put biscottis in here. <laughs> Pretzels are a little bit cheap for this place. He was expecting at least airplane cookies, but he's just got that stupid bag of pretzels and he's he's a little upset about that because he knows there's some money being spent here and biscottis are the least you can do. <laughs> As you take a bite of the pretzels, Todd, you just find yourself getting thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and you look around and there's exactly three bottles of water in here. Uh, everybody roll initiative real quick. Nothing one grabbed one. Slight hand, slight of hand, <laughs> slight of hand. I picked one off before I even walked in. Slight of hand. Shit, no. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> he said initiative. <laughs> uh, yeah, initiative. Me too, or just him? No, no. She is cracking open champagne and handing you a glass of champagne in the front, uh, in the front limousine. It's a 17, sir. Damn it. 13. Mm, give me all the water. <laughs> a 10. <laughs> ha! Got an 11. <laughs> can I can I not take it from someone? I'm bumping. Hold on. What? <laughs> okay, so Todd, you are thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. And you look up and everybody else has grabbed the three bottles of water in here. Eldrin's making hard eye contact with him. And he's opening it already. He's not even... Todd, as he sees Eldrin, brings the water to his lips. He smacks it out of his hand and says, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> So if I can't drink the water, there'll be no drinking of the water, especially in my presence, and looks directly at fate when he says that. <laughs> so give me a quick contested slide. Intimidation at this point in time. <laughs> a contested sleight of hand roll for Todd versus uh, Eldrin to see if the water gets smacked out. There you go. 14. Mm, that's beatable. Mm. Oh! Ooh. What the 10? I can't roll anything. Ooh. But he didn't beat it. <laughs> Not today, sir. <laughs> I give him the, the no, 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 and... Uh... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, well, well, unfortunately, both of those numbers are underneath a 15. Wait a second. Oh, no! Wait a second. Oh, wait. As Eldrin goes to yank the water bottle back as Todd goes for it, the heavy condensation from the trackable environment has made it slick. And since you both rolled beneath a 15, it goes shooting out of Eldrin's hand, out of the back of the... Because these are open, like, open carriages. Like, that's not like you get didn't get in a door. It is, it's like open uh, Central Park carriage, <laughs> but more square and rounded. Mm -hmm. Like, you cut the top off of a, uh, a limousine, as you might see in an 80s movie, uh, and then had it drugged by a mostly metal robot. It goes flying out and flipping over, and it clunks into one of those giant spiders that are walking into the street, which stands up on its hind legs and shifts and morphs into a more humanoid form, but still manages to hold up four arms and flip you guys off with the quad bird as you drive, drive away. Damn. That wasn't very nice. Sorry. <laughs> I rolled an 11, so what does that get me? Um, that gets you a solid understanding of the interior of the carriage, but you're not going to pick up any context clues of the city. Can I tell that there's a lot of uh, Warforged around? You do pick up the Warforged, and I, what I will give you on this is an 11. There's a breadth in the variety of the manufacturing of the Warforged. We've talked about how some of them seem to have a more specialized build. The more humanoid ones all seem to carry that slightly threatening air of the, the ones that greeted you at the dock. Not all of them are big uh, bruisers, like the ones that you met. Some are a little bit more lithe, but move with a duelist grace. They're all almost exclusively metal. The Warforged of Normir have more of like a 75-25 look. 25% of, of wood and, and cording and organic piece of it, whereas the way you've described yourself is kind of more the inverse, is more organic, more 25% metal and 75% organic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Regardless, the ones that you see that are the working Warforged, so to speak. You don't see an ounce of wood or organics on them. They all look like these uh, hulking or, or bulky or chonky or uh, you know, some of them are, are, are seem to be rolling instead of using normal locomotion, but all very mechanically oriented. Do I know of Warforges like the way someone would know cars? You'd be like, oh, that's like, that's the BX-7. Give me a history check. And this is more because of Moyle's travels more than anything. 
come on, give me something good. I had rolled like crap all day. What a nine? It's, it's not something good. Not good. <laughs> nine gets you what I already gave you, which is that these Warforged seem more mechanical than the ones that you're used to seeing. But these do line up with the Warforged you've seen in other mercantile guild locations. You haven't seen them this specialized before. Like you've bumped into Mercantile Guild Warforged up in other dock jobs uh, on um, guarding cargo as it's being offloaded and they had the look of the military guys. These very specialized, engineered for a workload aren't anything like, like you've seen before. Um, so when uh, Todd slaps the uh, water bottle out of Eldrin's hand, I, I have the other, I have my water bottle in my hand. I'm slapping that one out too. Crack open the top. And uh, a vine in my in my hand just kind of dips. It's like dipping a pinky. It extends and dips in there, and just starts kind of absorbing it. And I start um, start start growing uh, lawn and and foliage like green. It not before I slap it. Not before I slap it. Not before I slap it. If you want to try and if you want to try and slap it out of his hand, mm-hmm. give me contested sleight of hand checks. Mm-hmm. There we go. A ten again? What is? <laughs> oh, twelve. <laughs> yes. Oh, wrecked. <laughs> Losing that one too. <laughs> By the time you get to it, uh, he has drained it, and you slap the empty bottle out of the car. When uh, Todd slaps out of my hand and, and hears the thud of an empty bottle, I I turn my head to face him, and I just go, ah. Mother sucker. You could at least give me some. You at least ordered me, give me a little bit of water. You see, I'm over here eating these pretzels. <laughs> You don't even need to roll, Todd. You know Warforged don't need to drink, and he did that just to fuck with you. <laughs> and there's no question in your mind that he's fucking with you. It just, it, it does absolutely nothing other than special effects. <laughs> and it clonks into these uh, elves that are wearing these patterned masks. Um, and as you pass by and Baba, you recognize them. They're one of the uh, elven tribes that are native to the border region of the Verdant. And those tribes are like genealogical masks. The different curves and whorls of the patterns on the mask uh, tell the story of their individual houses. The cup flies in and dings off one of those maps and they in unison. And I'll turn to you and, and also give you the bird in a in a very pr- practice synchronized fashion. <laughs> um, so f- still still get the quad. They give me the bird. No, not you. Uh, give Todd. They give Todd the bird. <laughs> so uh, all right, who was next on the perception checks? Uh, that would be Jess. Uh, or we, we tied. Yeah, we, we we tied. What did you guys get? 22s. 22s. 22. So you you guys get that similar Disney esque perception, but you you also see between the cracks a little bit. Certain of human employees are are looking a little bit more worn down. Their uniform doesn't look as polished or pressed as the the newer ones that are that seem to be so enthusiastic to be work being worked into the space. You can see the weariness in the eyes because there is a a bustling tourist trade in Shaitan. The Mercantile Guild does a pretty aggressive marketing job to try and get other noble houses down to spend their money there and, and vacation there. Some wealthy nobles uh, and, and dignitaries moving through the city, um, clearly on vacation, wearing these brightly colored floral shirts, these broad bend hats. These, you know, they're like the shorts Todd wears, except they're a little bit longer and down to the knee, and just pale, pale legs shining in the uh, in the breeze as they as they walk by. They they, they very clearly, mm. uh, very clearly stand out. Socks and sandals. You, you can see that that group of people moving through. Blech. You know, one of the things that you you start to pick up is that there are a few of the, what you would call the 
and not the corporate officers, um, and not the more worn down uh, staffing, but not everybody is at work right now. There is some people sitting at a restaurant out in a patio restaurant, and they see you guys drive by, and you see a couple of a couple of heads turns and look over, and then some some speaking and seeing tones come in and snap out. And then you start to pick up as you guys are going through. Occasionally, you can see people kind of get a little bit like, "Oh my god, I can't believe is that." And you, I, you could swear to God on on the wind, you could hear, "Is that? Oh my god, that back car has got the Toddettes in it." As people seem to might somehow seem to know who you guys are, you're starting to get like the, like a little bit of a a little bit almost of a celebrity vibe as you guys trundle on forward. Kind of a big deal. No one, no one said you specifically, sir. I don't like the amount of attention we're getting, though. It kind of, kind of throwing me off here. That many people with eyes on us. It, it, rather, just kind of move about unnoticed. Uh, you know, get our shit done and, and go. We're sitting in the convertible. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, I don't like it. There's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of suits around, man, and uh, not a lot of us. So, hey, Faye, can I have some of that water you have over there? Uh, don't give it to him. Absolutely not, Todd. I've got this fair and square. <laughs> so as fate is seen, uh, as, you know, f- first he's hearing all of the uh, the commotion and everything going on uh, with the, uh, the 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 lady trying to give Baba the pitch about you know what's clearly some type of scam that we just haven't quite figured out exactly what's going on there. Uh, but you know he he smells bullshit on all of this like everybody else does. But that's really more about Baba and less about fate, so he doesn't care as much. But he's still aware of it. And at first he's like, this whole thing kind of reeks. But then you get in the cart, you get the water, you see the. You the, the nobles out and about and then you start see he starts to notice the people paying attention to him and he kind of likes that for some reason he's like oh look at people noticing me noticing us this is this is nice and then all of a sudden it comes to him that even though we don't necessarily we probably don't want to take part in the scam there is a opportunity presenting itself here we've been given basically unlimited money and we're in a you know a new area and Fate with that 22 perception, I'm going to say, is smelling the smells and he is smelling all the food and he's like, oh shit, I've got a bunch of free money. I've got to eat everything here. And so he's like, he's like looking around and like trying to figure out where all of the like the best spots. He's looking where all the nobles are like sitting down trying to get their get their grub on um, he's like okay i'm gonna make a note here that looks like that might be good what the fuck is that smell like over there he's 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 so he's kind of like he's making mental notes because he's you know observant like that while he's in the days i've tried to steal his water <laughs> <laughs> so while he's while he's smelling all of this and trying to make these mental notes he's getting a little thirsty his mouth's starting to water so he's got to wash that down real quick he's seen todd uh, but, well you know what's about to happen <laughs> first thing stealth check todd uh-huh. to see if you can sneak and grab it while he's while he's not paying attention uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, he was all in a daze. Beefing it. 18. You didn't beef it. So that's against my perception, right? That's against my perception, right? What's your passive perception? My passive perception is 10 plus my perception because I'm 14. Oh, no. Todd is able to sneak the water away while you're caught up in the salacious opportunities that this locale might might present. Oh, no, no, no. See, <laughs> see, I, Faye was aware of Todd smacking the bottle out of... Uh, no, what? That's n- no, that's not the fucking way perception works, dude. <laughs> what? How, it literally just happened in front of him. What are you talking about? Hey, that's what the passive perception would have been. But Todd actually rolled good on a stealth roll. You made me roll the 22 already. But you were looking out in the city. You leaned into, like, you were caught up in in the moment yes oh. yes look man you were co- definitely caught in the moment you were 
I was going somewhere. You were caught up in the moment. I took that opportunity. I was going somewhere with that. Okay, but fine. No, I I love where you're going with it. I also love the fact that the rogue actually tried to do something sneaky for a fucking change. So I'm going to let him fucking pickpocket your goddamn water. (laughs) (laughs) Take that opportunity. So fate's caught up in the moment. We're going somewhere with that. Don't worry. We'll come back to that. No, the question is, Todd, are you drinking it now or are you kind of sliding it back into? I'm drinking it right now. Can, can I, do I see Todd take it? Do I see Todd take it? What's your passive perception, Eldrin? I'm drinking it right now. I'm drinking uh, No, Todd, Todd. Uh, 16. <laughs> Todd gets up like he's standing up and then kind of fakes like he's tripping over. Yep. Like, oh, oh, like he's real clumsy. And you're, you're so caught up in the fucking Todd of it. You do not see him slip the water bottle out of Kate's <laughs> robe pocket and into his I'm, as he sits back down. <laughs> I move to the back of how big is it? Because I pretend like I'm looking outside as I take the... He said it's pretty small. Limo, dude. Like, like think convertible limo. Mm, okay. Yeah. Then I can't drink it right now. Okay. But I want to drink. No, I want to drink it right now to show him that I picked this pocket and I'm drinking his water. <laughs> All right. So, Faith, finish, finish your reverie. And then when you turn around, you'll turn around to Todd, pinky up. <laughs> Glue, 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 glue in the water. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot that water bottle out of this man. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm I'm basking in the glow and the idea of the fact that I get to run around town with free charge, uh, charge guard eating up all the goodies, um, and trying to, you know, get my list in order of like where I'm gonna go first and all that. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm thirsty. Where's my what? This motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's going to sleep. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to sleep. Not thirsty though. Not thirsty. He's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even gonna wait for you to finish it. I'm casting it on you with mid drink. You're gonna pour it all down yourself. Fuck you. Well, now you gotta carry me everywhere. Uh, we'll smack you awake when we get there. <laughs> Just smack you awake. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. roll those hit dice. Oh. 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 No, I don't have it prepped. Damn it. Oh. It's- oh. So good. <laughs> oh. Um. But you know what. <laughs> Here's the thing, Fate. I mean, I think your spell list is probably wacky from a from an event or something. I will say you've got sleep ready. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I've got, I've got something. I've got, I've got, I've got something slightly better. You go. Don't polymorph me. Don't polymorph me. I've got something slightly better. I've got hold mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to sleep. I'm just going to paralyze him mid drink. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to roll for that. He- <laughs> Hold on. No, I, I don't have to roll. You've got a wisdom save you gotta make, sir. I got a wisdom save. Real real quick, what kind of um what kind of what school of magic is that, Fate? That is not evocation, unfortunately. It's uh what the hell is it? Enchantment. Cool. Everybody roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, there it is. <laughs> he forgot about it. He forgot about it. Because ah, you fuckers didn't learn your lesson last time. I rolled a 17. <laughs> oh, no. I got a 13. <laughs> well, he's about, you're, you're about to just <laughs> pass out. And I'm in a different car than him, right? It's about to get real awkward, Baba, if you just go and oil can up. I know. That's what I was about to say. This is going to be extra weird. <laughs> oh. That's an eight for me. That's great. It's 14. <laughs> oh, Jazz, don't you have to roll? <laughs> Jazz, you too. Wait, I, wait, I've got to roll wisdom save against my own spell? What is this? Mm-hmm. This is unjust. <laughs> yeah, this happened last time, man. Oh, I crit it. Ah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Jazz are the only ones. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I rolled a 17. <laughs> what was the DC? 16. 60. Oh, I didn't make it. <laughs> 
Are there are there any <laughs> mullets in the mullet list that would give me bonuses to? Yeah, we do. We do need to uh, starting to after your next long rest, start rolling for mullets and hammers. So, uh, but how many people does whole person f- affect uh, at a base? Uh, at level one, it's just one. Okay, so then who? Fa- how many people failed their saving throw? Definitely me. I failed it. Two. Me too. Baba failed it too. <laughs> Oh, did he? Yeah. So then roll a 1d6. Uh, fate, 1 to 2 is Moyle. 3 to 4 is Eldrin. 5 to 6 is Baba. Well, I hope it's not Baba. Ah, no. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, who is it? It's Baba. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to car B in a moment. <laughs> so, uh, Baba, you are in mid-conversation with l- this lady, or I think you are wearily listening to the onslaught of corporate speak as she uh, espouses the you know, the virtues of working for the Mercantile Guild, the compensation package, the wonderful 401k. <laughs> you don't know what a K is or why she has 401 of them. <laughs> but it is just it's mind-numbing and you can feel a strange sensation creep over you and you are then frozen in place. And she is yammering and yammering and yammering and she glances over and she can see you're poised there, champagne flute held out awkwardly in front of you, kind of rocking back and forth. (laughs) Eyes slightly glazed over (laughs) and you see a predatory smile creep over her face. Oh no. And she leans into you and leans in to whisper into your ear how powerless you feel right now is exactly how powerless you're going to end up if you don't go along with the Mercantile Guild's plans. I know you think you're doing what's right for your people, but you've been gone a long, long time, Mr. Agu. I don't think you even know what your people have been through in the last couple of years or what's good for them anymore or, or what it's what it's like in the Verdant or out here in Sama. I don't even know if you're really from Sama anymore. Look at these people that you're with. And she leans back over and looks at the car and cups are flying out of the back of it. <laughs> sipping on water. <laughs> Todd is spurting water up in the air like a fountain. She goes, they're buffoons, not fitting company for a prince. Take this time as we ride the rest of the way in silence and really ponder what you've gotten yourself into. And she struggles for a second to pry the glass out of your hand, but then pries it out. And then sits back and sips the champagne for the remainder of the journey to the corporate office. So, hey, want to get a special thank you out there to our patrons whose support of the show makes all this possible. Daniel, Todd would never steal your bottle of water. Unless he was really thirsty. A roboticized private eye. Bryce, Cosmic Worm, Dean, Dreken, Eric. I wonder what kind of magical yarn Eldrin can get and what it would do to Todd if he wore a hat made with it. Korobe Nikki, Lurgnag, Lonely Sexed Flamingo, Miles. If you were a boat and Moyle had a engaging and thorough sexual encounter with you, he would absolutely spend a little bit more time saying goodbye. Gair the Sleepy Norwegian, Hannah, Yogan, Kalivi Helvetti, Loki the Angry Dwarf, Martian, Rin B, Thomas Jacob, Eldrin surely would have done a better job of guarding your bottles of water. Andrew, Bill, Windows Lickers Anonymous, you're the only people that fate really wants to hold. Ben, Gibbons Camp, Matt Ross Jones, Professor Flattop, Saga, Zork Fox, and resident alpha patron Lee. 
You're the only people Baba would trust to go into an employment negotiation with on his side. So hey, what do these people get for supporting the Party of Five? Bonus content like bonus audio, MVP episodes, extra tournament videos, a, the Hunter's Party, our Supernatural homebrew DM notes at the end of arcs and intermittently in between, and any extra content I can conjure up. Head over to patreon.com forward slash GMDOcast to check it out. And also, if you can't support financially right now, I know things are tough and, you know, the, the economy is going to be in a weird place for a little bit longer. Just tell somebody about the show. That's really all that we ask. Let somebody that you know, that you think will listen to you, or you want to test if they will listen to you, or that you can trick into listening to you. None of that's really healthy, but we still like you to do it. About the show, one in five people decide what podcast they should listen to next based on the recommendation of a friend, family member, or coworker. One in five. And without that, uh, that'd be like losing one of the party of five, like Todd. And if we didn't have Todd, we might have actually made it from the dock to the front office in five minutes and not have to spend an entire half an episode on jockeying for water bottles. One of these days, I will find a positive reference for these. But until then, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. As always, hope you enjoyed the show.